Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network. Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast. I'm your host, Frank Giles. Normally at this time in the podcast, we're joined by Michael Rogers, the director of the Citrus Research and Education Center in Lake Alford. But Michael has been super busy this month and on the road a lot, so we're going to catch up with him next month. So we'll jump right into the interviews. First up, we're going to have Tripti Vasheath telling us about a new technology product that's going to be released next month that will allow growers to gauge tree health in their own groves using something as simple as their smartphones. Then we'll be joined by Krista Court, who has been doing some economic analysis on the economics, uh, economic impact of citrus in Florida, which is still very significant despite the effects of HLB and recent hurricanes and freezes. It's still a big deal in Florida. Then we have some big events coming up in April, and we're going to get some previews of those events. First, we have Asia Paolillo. She's a Citrus Extension agent, and she helped put together the program for the Citrus Growers Institute in early April in Avon Park, and she's just going to give us some highlights of that. And then I'll be joined by Sandra Guzman from the Indian River Research and Education Center, She'll be telling us a little bit about the program planned for the Florida Citrus Show coming up around mid-April. It's another great event, and we're changing things up with that event a little bit this year to condense the programming and have some fun during the lunch lunch break where we'll kind of have a uh, cookout tailgate atmosphere going. So it's going to be a great event for growers, and we hope to see you at both of those. So let's get into the interviews. I'm now joined by Dr. Tripti Vasheath with the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences. Tripti, you've done a lot of work on uh, PGRs and things to promote tree health, and now we've got the new trunk, trunk injection products that are coming out. I understand that you and your colleagues have been working on something called Tree Assist that will give you some assessments of the tree canopy and that's going to be rolling out next month in April and we just wanted to have you on real quick to give us an update of what that will look like and what it will provide for growers. Thank you Frank. Yes, uh, I think this is a program that we have built for the growers. We are calling it Canopy Assist. Um, The idea is that uh, we know now that the health of the tree and the way it responds to HLB is very much dependent on the tree health, canopy health, and not so much on the bacterial quantity itself. So it's really important for us to monitor the canopy growth and how good your tree is looking. So we have come up with this program where we can provide quantitative numbers for the tree. And the advantage of that is that it's just not subjective. You can really track the progress of the whatever your treatment is, whether it's a trunk injection, BGR, fertilizer, whatever it may be, but you can just see how your tree is responding to it. And that will help you in making decisions over time, whether you want to continue something or or whatever it is. 
So we are rolling out this program. We will have more information in April. We are making some videos how to do it and provide a detailed instructions on how to do it. And growers will be able to send us some images. And in return, we'll be able to give them a quantitative number so they can actually know how their tree is doing. So basically, would a grower just be able to use his like camera on his phone to take images? Would that be sufficient? Exactly. So uh, the growers will be able to use their phone cameras, uh, but there is a different way how we want the photographs to be taken. Uh, it's it's uh, we want, um, and that's what we will have in the videos too, like how to take the photographs. But we don't. Our growers would not need any additional equipment. They can just use their phone. And, um, in fact, I think this could be a good project for their kids for the summers if they they want to employ their kids in their orchards. And uh, uh, this doesn't need any specialized equipment or advanced knowledge of any software. Well, that sounds exciting. A great idea of uh, putting the kids to work there, too. Uh <laughs> You know, I, again, you know, all of these tools that have been developed in recent years uh, to improve the tree health and canopy health, it sounds like this is going to be a great little tool to just have another way to assess what, you know, what they're doing and if they're moving the needle any. Right, exactly. That's that's the goal. We're just helping just for you to make your better decisions for your growth management. Well, perfect. I think I misspoke when I introduced it. I said a tree assist, but it's canopy assist with the ultimate goal of helping the tree. So, so there we go. <laughs> right. Well, Tripti, thank you for coming on today and uh, telling us about this. We'll be on the lookout for this program next month and, and all the new information on how to get the best use out of it. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're joined now by Krista Court. She is an economist with the University of Florida and the director of the Economic Impact Analysis Program. Welcome, Krista. Thank you for having me. Great, great. Well, you've done some research with your team on the impact of the Florida citrus industry over the years. And citrus in Florida obviously has taken a hit from HOB over almost two decades now, and hurricanes more late, uh, more recently, but it still plays a very important role in Florida's economy. Uh, you're, you and your colleagues track that. Tell us a little bit about Florida's citrus economic impact and some of your latest analysis. Sure. So we do complete an annual report on the economic contributions of the overall citrus industry. So that's not just the um, citrus fruit production, but including the juice production and those fresh fruit packing houses. And the latest numbers um, reveal that it's about 6.94, so just under $7 billion of uh, industry output, which is equivalent to um, sales revenues. And that's output and sales revenues that are um, happening within the citrus industry, but also throughout the rest of the economy as there are different purchases made and as the employees in the citrus industry and in those indirectly uh, supported industries are spending their money in Florida's economy as well. Um, supports about 32,500 jobs. Again, those are within the citrus industry as well as throughout the rest of the economy when we consider um, those multiplier effects or how it's related to everything else uh, in the state of Florida. 
Great. So even reduced by disease and weather, I'm guessing citrus still stacks up pretty high among other commodities in terms of economic impact, correct? That's correct. So it's it represents a large portion of fruit and tree nut production, um, and also it is still a significant portion of all ag production in the state of Florida. So if we look at agriculture, um, just timber production and fisheries altogether, they support about $10 billion of sales revenue in those industries. And citrus is still, um, if we look just at the citrus production, representing almost one-tenth of that number. Great. And as citrus, I guess, is such a heavy infrastructure uh, industry, too. You mentioned the job. So, again, it's, it's still very important to the state. Um, we always also think about orange juice and grapefruit when we think of Florida citrus, but the crop brings a lot more of that to the table. Talk a little bit about some of the other products the, the crops bring. Sure. So you have the fruit production. So like you mentioned, that's the fresh oranges, the fresh grapefruits. Um, some of those go into um, the fresh consumption market through the packing houses that are here in Florida and are sent out around the world. Um, some of that goes into juice production. Uh, a large portion of it actually goes into juice production. Um, so you get things like the orange juices, the grapefruit juices, and um, other types of citrus juice. But there's also byproducts that come out of that manufacturing process. So a lot of those different byproducts can be used in things like animal feed, or you get some oils that you can use in things like cleaning products as well. Right, and that, that just adds to that value number that you had discussed earlier, right? That's correct. The, some of um, Most of those byproducts are included in those value numbers. Some of them we don't have really good data on uh, to include. But, yes, the, the numbers that I was speaking of before do include that um, fresh fruit, the fruit growers, the packing houses, and those juice manufacturers as well. So, yeah, this is... Yeah, interesting data, but why is it important to collect this information? Yeah, so this year in particular, uh, it, it gives us a baseline. It always gives us a baseline to understand how a particular industry is contributing to the economy. And when I say baseline, I'm obviously referring to uh, when something unexpected happens, like uh, Hurricane Ian or um, even some of these diseases that have cropped up over time. If you know what that industry was contributing prior to that event happening, then it's easier to understand the impact of those events. It's also just good to have these numbers to really understand um, the importance, the economic importance of an industry when you're considering policies that might affect an industry. Um, so having that on hand for informed decision-making is really important as well. And finally, that kind of brings me to another important data analysis that you and your team collect, and that's damage assessment after extreme weather events. And we've had quite a few in the last several years. Um, one in particular was Hurricane Ian. Your team recent rele recently released your final assessment of the damage from that storm. Briefly tell us about those findings. Yeah, so we studied the specifically the acute production losses that happen and are quickly visible after these types of events. Um, so those are things like fruit drop um, for citrus. We estimated across all agricultural production in Florida, and a large portion of the state was impacted by Hurricane Ian, about $1.03 billion in agricultural losses, that's that short-term production loss 
uh, strictly due to Hurricane Ian's effects. Um, and about a quarter of that $247 million um, was losses from the citrus industry. That $247 million does not include the cost of tree replacement. So, again, it's those acute production losses. So, in the case of citrus, it would be fruit drop, but there's additional um, damages when a tree um, is destroyed or a tree falls down and is not able to be stood back up um, to come back into production quickly. And those damages would be on top of that $247 million. So it was a big hit for the industry. And, and I, I think to emphasize, this, this information is important for growers because it can be used when people are going out seeking disaster relief after the storm, correct? That's correct. And we can only, again, only produce those numbers when we have a good idea of what's out there. So I like to say that, you know, we're we're data users, but we need that data to be collected somehow. So anytime that the growers are participating in um, the surveys that are done by the USDA, surveys that are done by the Florida Department of Citrus, um, or even by ourselves, um, we're really appreciative of that information because it does allow us to do these types of reports where we can talk about the economic importance of the industry and and feel confident in those numbers. And then also in looking at the impacts of these disasters and confidently tell decision makers that are considering things like relief packages, what has happened and what these growers have experienced. Yep. And hopefully, knock on wood, we won't need that analysis this season uh, coming up. <laughs> uh, we, could, we could use a break from that. So, Let's hope. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Hope for a better year. Well, Krista, with that, we thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Absolutely, Frank. Thanks again for having me. I'm joined now by Asia Paolillo. She is an citrus extension agent for DeSoto, Hardy, and Manatee counties. Asia, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Frank. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we've got a busy month coming up in April. We have several events, one of which the Citrus Extension Agents put on, and it's the Citrus Growers Institute in Avon Park. Uh, Tell us first, just when is it uh, and where is it located, and we'll just start with the basics. All right, sounds good. So it's going to be taking place on Tuesday, April 4th, 2023, and it's going to run from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., and it's going to be on the campus of South Florida State College. It is going to be in a little bit of a different location than we've had in the past, um, just a different building, actually. So it's going to be in the University Center Auditorium rather than in the theater where we've held it. Um, but don't worry, we will have signs directing everyone where to go. But that is uh, the Avon Park campus of South Florida State College. And that's where y'all have had the event for how many years now? A long time, right? It's been a long time, yes, sir. I I want to say um, at least over ten, I believe it probably longer than that. So those who came to the program when it first started probably will remember this auditorium that we're going to be having it in. Okay, great, great. Well, that's a a good easy location to get to. So I will be looking forward to it. And I'll be there to cover it, so I'm looking forward to it as well. Let's talk a little bit about some of the highlights of the education program. Um, I've, I've looked over the schedule. Anything that jumps out to you that uh, you think will be beneficial to growers? 
Well, we're going to start things off with uh, the CRDF program update from Mr. Rick Danzler. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about what's going on with CRDF, and then we'll have Dr. Michael Rogers from the UFIFS CREC uh, give an update of what's going on there. So that'll kind of start us off with, with things that are happening at the moment. And then we're going to transition into citrus pest management. We're going to talk about um, nematodes in um, young groves and using uh, IPM to, to manage that with Dr. Duncan. We're going to be talking about um, the interaction between the Liberobacter uh, bacteria and the Asian psilid with Dr. Uh, Nabil Kalini. And then we're going to talk about psilid suppression and some new strategies uh, with Dr. Jawad Qureshi. Then we're going to be moving into citrus horticulture, so we'll talk about some um, different things here. We're going to talk about trunk injection with Dr. Uta Albrecht, and um, then we're going to move on to IPCs and brass and steroids with Dr. Fernando Alvarez, and then we're going to talk about an update on gibberellic acid studies with Dr. Tripti Bashit. So that's some practices that I know um, growers have been utilizing here recently. Um, so that's something that I think that they would benefit from hearing those all of those talks as well. So, so you'll have a busy morning. Um, we're going to break for lunch, and I know every year it's always a good lunch. So that'll, I'm sure, the growers and other attendees will appreciate that. Um, what's planned for the program after lunch? So after lunch, we we change things up a little bit. We're still. Ch- staying on the citrus horticulture track, um, but we're going to start things off with Dr. John Chater. He's a newer faculty member um, to UFIFAS. I believe he's been here maybe over a little over a year, but he deals with the rootstock trials. So he's going to give us his um, latest information that he has on the N1332 Hamlin on UFR4. And then we're going to move into um, Mr. Ben Rawson. He's the Bureau Chief at the Florida Department of Agriculture of the Citrus Budwood Program. And we asked Ben if he could come give us an idea of what were the trends maybe, say, 10, something like that, 15 years ago, and as to what was being propagated. And our hope with that is that growers will be able to see what those trends were and, and realize maybe what the quantities are that are out in the field right now that are that age of tree and, and to kind of correlate that with, you know, the years that he's going to be talking about. And we just thought we would that would give us an idea of maybe what the percentages are of certain rootstock and scion varieties and what they may be doing. And then to end our program, um, after Ben talks, we're going to actually have a grower panel. So we're really excited. We have some great growers who um, we're very excited to have them on there. They um, they volunteered to come up and talk about some of their observations on rootstock and sound combinations that they have. Um, it's definitely not where we're recommending anything, but we really just want to have a conversation as to what people are seeing out there, and um, maybe that can, you know, help other growers. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's always great hearing from growers to see what they're observing with their own plantings and uh, the interactions between the rootstocks and variety selections. So it sounds like a great program planned. Um, like I say, I'm looking forward to being there, and I know you would you would encourage growers to come out and uh, and learn learn more uh, from the institute. 
definitely. You know, we've we've really enjoyed having this program um, and seeing the growers, and you know, of course, being back in person. Uh, last year was our first year back in person from from COVID, so it's it's great to get together and and just even those conversations that happen during breaks and lunches, and you know, with the with the vendors that'll be there, our sponsors. Um, just really good to have those open conversations with growers and for them to come and, and talk with maybe the researchers after uh, the, the presentations or definitely take place or take part in those question and answer sessions. Absolutely. I've always said you can learn as much off the stage as you can uh, uh, from the stage. So those mm-hmm. conversations in the breaks and lunchtime are is very important too. So. Asia, thanks for joining us and giving us a little update on the Citrus Growers Institute. And just to cap it off, give us again the date, uh, time, and location. Okay, so the date is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. It's going to start at 8 o'clock with registration and end at 3 o'clock. And we are going to be on the Avon Park campus of South Florida State College in the University Center Auditorium, new location. Uh, well, we will have signs, and um, if you want to register, if you're on our newsletter list, we did send out the program brochure with, you could either send in your, your registration, or there is an Eventbrite uh, link to register. It is no charge to register, but we do uh, like to know who's coming, and that way we can definitely make sure we have enough lunch for everyone as well. <laughs> that is very important lunch is very important at these events so thanks again and i look forward to seeing you seeing you in early april thank you very much frank i look forward to seeing you too thank you i am joined now by sandra guzman she is a uf ifas assistant professor of agricultural bioengineering and she's based at the indian river research and education center in fort pierce welcome sandra thank you frank great Well, we just had Asia on the podcast, and we were talking about the Citrus Institute that will be held in Avon Park on April 4th. But we have another big event in April, the Florida Citrus Show, that will be held on April 13th at the Indian River Research and Education Center in Fort Pierce and also at the USDA Horticultural Lab that's located right next door. So we're kind of sharing those two venues to host the Citrus Show, which has been held in Fort Pierce for many years, but uh, formerly at the Finn Center. Uh, so we're changing things up a little bit this year. We're, we're uh, condensing the show down to one day, uh, which is understanding that everybody's so busy that we're trying to get everything packed into a day. And we're going to have a, a busy day. We've got a great education program, but also we're putting some emphasis in the lunch break time. We're giving it more time. Uh, we're going to present it kind of like a tailgate cookout atmosphere where the vendors will be participating with some of the food service, and we'll have kind of a cookout uh, as a backup to that too. So we'll have a plenty of food and a lot of fun. We're, we're going to set the whole lunch period uh, up where people can really interact and network and have a good time and uh, make make the fun aspect is as important as the education aspect of the event. So we're kind of excited about this new format. We've had some good feedback from growers uh, who, we, who we hope will be there and attend, attend the event. So I think we're going to have a good time, Sandra. What, what about you? 
yeah, I mean, uh, we are very happy to host you, to host uh, all of the attendees for Citrus Show this year here at the Indian River Research and Education Center. Uh, the scientific uh, part, um, or we will have a couple of uh, issue, uh, experts and speakers from uh, both uh, US and USDA um, who will cover topics uh, related to uh, many of uh, the questions that we got from uh, from local uh, growers and uh, interest from local growers. So attendees will have the opportunity to learn about the latest uh, IFAS research updates uh, on nutrient recommendations for citrus. Uh, they will also have the opportunity to hear about uh, plant growth regulators, high throughput uh, phenotyping uh, using citrus drones, for example. We will also have presentation and updates regarding the citrus scion and rootstock, as well as uh, new diagnostic uh, kits that are being released for managing scale insects, uh, like the mealybug. Um, a couple of presentations, one from Kim Bowman. Uh, he will be sharing his research updates of uh, two of the new super sour rootstocks, and also Matt Matia from USDA, who will be presenting uh, the most recent uh, citrus ion selection updates from the USDA breeding program. Um, one of the major highlights or presentations that we will have uh, this time here at the IREC um, uh, station is the Millennium Block um, that uh, Dr. My Mark Wright in our presentation will highlight um, the uh, latest findings uh, regarding the performance of uh, grapefruit, uh, cyan and rootstock combinations, and uh, here at the IREC uh, Millennium Block. Uh, the Millennium Block is a long-term research uh, growth that we have here at the center with more than 5,000 trees. And the main goal of Millennium Block is to test the performance of new rootstocks that uh, can adapt to the unique growing conditions of the East Coast and that can better tolerate uh, HLB. Um, in terms of the presentations, uh, they are going to be from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, and we will have Q&A sessions at the end uh, at the end of each one of those um, talks uh, to, to get more connection with the speakers. So we are inviting all of the attendees to bring on all of your questions. Um, uh, panelists and speakers will be there, especially during the tailgate or after the talks, like answering questions and getting more details uh, if you have um, questions. Um, we hope to see you here uh, April 13th, so do not hesitate to contact us if you have any questions. Great, and I, I really like the aspect which you mentioned about the, the citrus presentations kind of being built around what the, the growers are asking you guys in terms of research, and so that kind of really helped direct the, the flow of the presentation, so I think that'll be appreciated by the the local growers and hopefully some of the growers from over further further west will come over and, and uh, because I think they'll benefit from some of these presentations as well. Uh, one of the things we also have in the morning is a general session and that'll start at 9 a.m. and it will be looking at some of the bigger picture uh, 
things that are going on in agriculture in Florida. Uh, we'll be looking at the uh, plant nutrition supply, demand, and regula regulatory institute. I think this is going to be a great presentation by Jason Trundle with the Fertilizer Institute. And he's just going to give us some insights on what he sees in terms of the fertilizer supply situation uh, going forward. You know, we had that period where prices spiked up in the supply with the supply chain backlogs. And he's going to be looking out into the future and kind of give us a, a look ahead at, at, at what he sees in terms of the supply and demand uh, for fertilizer, but also look back a little bit at that time uh, when those supply chain dis disruptions occurred. Uh, we're also going to have a panel discussion that I'll be moderating with uh, Tom Lanahan with the Treasure Coast Regional Planning Council and Jeff Cousins with Dean Saunders. And we're going to be looking at land use trends on the Treasure Coast and surrounding areas. There's a lot of movement with ag lands, there's a lot going on with the whole solar uh, installations, and as well as uh, conservation uh, uh, easements and things like that. So there's a lot happening with the land use when it comes to agriculture, agricultural property. So I think that's going to be a really interesting uh, discussion between those two gentlemen on land use patterns there over in that part of, uh, part of Florida. And also, we're going to have uh, a look at the future of ag water policy under Commissioner Wilton Simpson. Uh, Lisa Jensen from the Florida Department of Agriculture will be joining us, and she'll be, be talking about the direction of ag water policy at, at the Department of Agriculture with the new commissioner uh, now in that position. So I think we're going to have a great general session as well. And one thing new this year, we will we have the ability to do breakout sessions because we have both the uh, UFI facility there as well as the USDA facility that have conference rooms big enough to host host uh, sessions. And so we will also be hosting a vegetable session uh, this year, which is new to the show. Um, so we're hoping some of the local vegetable growers come out. And we have a really great program for that as well. So um, we encourage people to come join us uh, for the Citrus Show. Like I say, we're excited about the new format, and I think I think it'll be a fun one and an educational opportunity that will benefit citrus growers in Florida. Sandra, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, sure. Um Something something that we want to take advantage of is also to show you the multidisciplinary research that we have here at the Indian Rivers uh, Research and Education Center. Um, so because it's the first time that we are doing it here, attendees will have also the opportunity to uh, take a look at the, or a little glimpse of the research that we are doing here at the center. Uh, including the work on invasive species, aquaculture, plant pathology, water quality, and natural resources. We here at IFAS uh, are working um, are working to get uh, to get the best uh, to our attendees, and we will take advantage of showing you a little bit of uh, our program. Great, great. Well, I think it's going to be a great time on April thirteenth. And we hope growers come out and uh, join us. It's going to be fun and a, a good day to learn. And thanks to Sandra for joining us. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening to this month's All In for Citrus podcast from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.